There's a lot of political upheaval, a lot of change happening, some good, some not. And that, you know, the community still unites and is there together to take a stand, to, you know, come together as a family and celebrate, but also to continue to fight for the rights of the LGBTQ. Simon Cantlin is an event promoter and the organizer of Park Circle Pride. And he's my guest today. Welcome to Now Charleston. I'm Sam Spence. It's Monday, May 30th. Now Charleston takes a look at a handful of issues three times a week and tells you why they're important. I hope you're having a good Memorial Day and a relaxing long weekend. I'm still out of town and outside at this moment, as you can probably hear. I'll have more of my interview with Simon in just a minute. But first, did you know Charleston was home to one of, if not the first, Memorial Day celebrations in the United States? Research by historian David Blight focuses on an event said to have taken place on May 1st, 1865. According to his research, which dug up a couple old newspaper articles, in May 1865, at the end of the Civil War, thousands of formerly enslaved people gathered near the Washington Racecourse, what's now Hampton Park, to memorialize Union soldiers who died at the racecourse while the Confederacy was using it as an open-air prison. A few weeks earlier, there at the site of the prison, Thousands of newly emancipated Americans fixed up the burial site with grave markers and a fence. They painted it white, so the story says. Here's College of Charleston professor Bernard Powers on C-SPAN back in 2011. African-American men and women and children, mainly organized through church groups, they came together, they came up to this location, and they located the original grave sites where these Union soldiers had been buried. Uh, and when they were originally buried, the graves were unmarked. And the area really was not a proper cemetery. And so these black Charlestonians then gathered together and they created a real formalized cemetery and established a memorial archway as the entrance. And above the archway, uh, were written the words martyrs of the race course and the reference was to the over 250 Union soldiers who who died and were buried here on this site. Then the masses came up to 10,000. Here's David Blight, the historian, in a new video from the New York Historical Society. The story was just almost unbelievable when I first read it. About 10,000 people marched around the old planter's race course. And the oval is still there in a park. But it said it was led by uh, some two or 3,000 black children carrying armloads of roses and flowers and singing John Brown's body. Followed by black women, black men, and then Union troops. And they marched around the course and then they gathered in this cemetery that had been created by local black workmen, as many as could fit into the cemetery. And they heard the preaching from five black ministers, according to this article, and a small black children's choir sang the national anthem, America the Beautiful, and three or four spirituals. After this ceremony, broke up and went back into the infield of the old racetrack and did what most of us do on Memorial Day. They had, they had picnics, they had a speaker stand with speeches. The children ran around. 
Now, supposedly there's no direct connection to what ended up being formalized as Memorial Day that we know today. Um, a lot of other places have held similar events soon after Charleston's. Um, but it was called Decoration Day at the time in Charleston, and Decoration Day celebrations are what Memorial Day evolved from. What's interesting, and the historian David Blight thought so too, was that the event was mostly forgotten for a century, like actively forgotten. The Lost Cause, the long effort to rewrite and rewire memories about why the Civil War was fought, preferring noble virtues over the reality of preserving enslavement. The Lost Cause sought to scrub any recognition of the Union's victory in Charleston and of these black women, men, and children's role in recognizing the memory, the humanity of American soldiers who fought to retake the southern states. I'll put a few links to the Memorial Day videos in the show notes at nowcharleston.com. I hope you have a good holiday. Simon Cantlin is an event organizer and the lead creator of Park Circle Pride, which starts Tuesday in North Charleston. This is the second year of Park Circle Pride, and it's just one of the newest and biggest organized set of events of any Pride celebration in the city. Simon Cantlin, thanks for joining me. Thanks for having me. So as we're sitting here today, Park Circle Pride starts on May 31st. Um, give people a little bit of a rundown on what Park Circle Pride is, why it got started, and your involvement here. Uh, Park Circle Pride is a celebration of the LGBTQ community. Uh, it happens during June, which is Pride Month internationally. Uh, it's all about bringing the community together in Park Circle, which is also a very inclusive community and everyone coming together to celebrate Pride. So it gets started on May 31st and runs through June 5th. Uh, what can folks expect this year? How does it, how's the festival organized? Uh, so the festival is organized by, uh, I, I worked with the Park Circle Business Collective and I come up with uh, basically a loose schedule based on what events different businesses are doing. Some businesses I work closer with on helping them put together their event. Some businesses are off and running and put together the event themselves. And we try to do it so that it's eclectic, it's diverse, it appeals to all ages, there's something for everybody, and also it gives you a good sampler of all the different things to do and see in Park Circle. Yeah, so just people have an idea, uh, you've got everything from Sesame's doing a burger night, you've got a book fair at Holy City with itinerant literate, there's a poetry open mic at Common House, Mardi Gras brunch at Lola, uh, and then a few other I mean, things all over, but um, so yeah, a little bit of everything. Yeah, Definitely a little bit of everything. Um, are there any new events this year? Anything? If, if someone came out last year, anything new that's going on this year? Well, there's some of the events from last year for mm -hmm. sure. Uh, we do have some new events. Uh, we're actually doing a Dudley's Takeover at Momo, uh, which is over by Riverfront Park. Um, Dudley's is closed temporarily, and the cast and the DJ and the bartenders are going to be out at Momo doing a drag brunch. Um, we also have uh, some you know, different panels happening this year. Uh, we're doing a Bearded Axe takeover at Tattooed Moose because Bearded Axe obviously caught, caught on yep. fire a year or so ago. And so there's going to be a ladies and gentlemen of the Bearded Axe pageant. Uh, there is a bear beer bust at the mill, which is like an outdoor DJ uh, drink specials during, on Sunday. Uh, Queer Youth Fest is back, but it's moving to Sunday. Um, Feminist Magic Market, itinerant literate books is happening. That's always a real popular event. We're doing a uh, Pride Family Kickback at Firefly Distillery on Friday, which is an all-ages event and has a band and food trucks. Uh, and that one's being hosted by AFA. Um, we have the Thrifty Thursday Vendors Market. 
which includes uh, vendors and a, cl- a clothing swap and uh, the different restaurants on um, on Reynolds. It also includes uh, is run by Closet Case Thrift and We Are Family. There's a whole bunch going on of, over the course of the six days. And I guess some of this is just a factor of one COVID, I guess people, things are uh, places are opening up a little more, but then there's also new places. So like, so Holy city has been open for a while, but you know, more stuff there. And then you've got tattooed moose and, and firefly, uh, tattooed moose and firefly have also opened. And so more events there. So I guess part of it is just a factor of more places. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. There are so many things going on. How does this come together? Do you reach out to these people or do people reach out to you and want to be involved? It's a little bit of both, I guess. It's a little bit of both. Yeah. yeah. There's some businesses that, uh, that were on board last year that came back on board, some businesses that are new this year. Uh, and I reach out to some and suggest ideas of events they could do. And some turn, come to me and they have a complete event already put together. It, it really, uh, each, each business is in charge of their own event. I help them wherever I can. And, you know, obviously I curate the schedule to make it the most eclectic and diverse it can be for the six days. Yeah. Yeah. So a lot of these events are obviously celebrations. They're supposed to be a lot of fun, but there are also some more serious events too. Why is it important to you to kind of, you've got panels uh, at Common House and Ship's Wheel and a few others. Why is it important to you to also include those events? I think it's important to have conversations about uh, what's going on, uh, to uh, have discussions, to get information, to educate people. Um, it isn't just about you know drinking and dancing and drag brunches. Nothing's wrong with those. Those are a lot of fun, mm-hmm. but it's good to also have some education, um, you know, on the on um, educational panels on the schedule. Yeah, and these are public events. People can come to them, uh, see them on the schedule, or I'm sure you probably have folks that are at these places that also just kind of are uh, happen upon the events also. So that's part of the reason, I guess, for it, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And people come from out of town, too, for the event. And, and, and you know, it, it, it was amazing last year to see that there was people of all ages. Kids were coming out with their parents. Uh, I mean, it was very diverse um, attendees, and it was eclectic, and it was lots of fun to see Park Circle taken over for Pride for the week. And, you know, this was the first time Park Circle last year put together its own Pride event. And um, it's it's been great. I'm excited to bring it back again. So heading into Pride Month nationally and heading into Park Circle Pride, does the festival have any particular meaning this year? Um, I know kind of things, political things happen year to year. What's kind of well, your thinking going into it this year? Yeah. So, well, I mean, the most important thing about the festival, the, the takeaway is that all these events are benefiting AFA and We Are Family. So each event gives a writes a check after their event to both those charities. They're both very important LGBTQ uh, organizations here in, in South Carolina. Uh, and I, you know, especially if you look at the, uh, the, the poster art this year, I really wanted to reflect the fact that there's a lot of political upheaval, a lot of change happening, some good, some not. And that, you know, the community still unites and is there together to take a stand, to, you know, come together as a family and celebrate, but also to continue to fight for the rights of the LGBTQ. So for those of you who don't know Simon, he's also the brains behind Rockabilly Q, which has been ongoing in North Charleston for, for years. Uh, tell people a little bit about that too while we're here. Yeah, so Rockabilly Q, uh, this year will be the ninth year. Because um, of COVID, it would have been 10. But uh, the ninth year for the festival, it is a celebration of mid-century Americana in Park Circle, sort of take over the neighborhood for uh, a couple of days. It's classic cars, vintage bikes, uh, roots rock, rockabilly music, pinup contests. It's a lot of fun. It's free to come to, but there are there is some ticketed portions. But there's a you know very eclectic schedule, you know, much like Park Circle Pride, and it's fun for all ages as well. And it comes back November 11th, 12th, and 13th here in Park Circle. 
so where can people go to get the lowdown on Park Circle Pride and learn more and see the schedule themselves? Uh, you can find us on Facebook at Park Circle Pride or on Instagram. And, and our website is parkcirclepride.com. And the full schedule's on there as well as a way to contact uh, me with any questions. Before we go, can you pick an event that you're most excited about for this year's festival? I mean, that's really tough. I don't know if I could really say, you know, I mean, there's gay bingo, there's um, a special dinner at Southern Roots, there's um, a queer adult prom, there's flash tattoos that are pride themed at Stardust, Dudley's Takeover, uh, the um, Feminist Magic Market. I mean, there's a lot. So I asked you to pick one, you picked about 12. Yeah. In case you can't know, Simon, (laughs) or in case you can't tell, Simon is very good at promotional, uh, at at promoting his event. So um, if you don't, if you see him around at Park Circle Pride, say hello. Uh, But yeah, check out parkcirclepride.com for all the information uh, about this year's fest. Simon, thanks for joining me. Thank you for having me. That's all I've got for you today. If you have feedback for the show, you can leave a voice message at 843-474-1319 or email sam at nowcharleston.com. If you can rate and review the show in Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening right now, that's a big help too. As always, check nowcharleston.com for links and notes from today's show. To make sure you don't miss anything, follow twitter.com slash nowcharleston and instagram.com slash nowcharleston. Thanks so much for listening. I'll be back on Wednesday with the next Now Charleston.